you know, there are a lot of guys like me that take a lot of hits because the perception is that we're talking about flowers and smiley faces and everything smells good and every day is sunshine. When we all know that the world is not like that. We all know as parents, as grandparents, as employers, as employees, as friends, as neighbors, as spouses, there are some really bad days. And when it's so dark that no sun can pierce the darkness, and when it's so deep that no one can get down to help, we cry out, God, where are you? What is going on? Why? Why is this happening? Why did this have to happen? Can any good come of this? I think the title of our message series, I didn't see that coming. That's the one that we all are familiar with. I knew that life was bad, but I didn't think it could be that bad. I knew that there are people in the world that are cruel, but I didn't think people could be that cruel. I knew that there were people that are ambivalent and do not seem to care one way or the other, but I didn't think that hearts could be that hard. I've lost count of those days. For some of you, you may know that Leslie and I have added to our family. We got a dog. And I've been looking long and hard. I've been thinking long and hard because I realized, I knew this was going to be true, but I had forgotten just how true it was. I, I can remember what it's like to have a toddler in the house. But I had forgotten what it's like to have a toddler in the house. That's right, I got one now. His name is Deacon. And I had forgotten that when I come in the house, I'm the most important thing in the world. And sometimes I wish life was as simple as reconciling the day with my dog. But there are days when I just didn't see all of that junk coming. And Paul went through that more times than I have uh, the ability or time to uh, express to you. If you read through the book of Acts, and I've encouraged you to do that, but I encourage you uh, again to do that. It won't take that long. You read through that account of his life, starting from chapter 9 in that book, all the way to the end, and you see time after time how he was mistreated, judged unfairly, um, uh, even by believers, people who said they knew God, acted like they had never met him when they dealt with him and over and over and over again. 
One such occurrence is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. uh, If you've got your Bibles, you can go there. I'm going to have it up on the screen here. Just a second. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 7. So I wouldn't become proud of myself. I'm going to stop right there. There are times, especially the longer that we live, there are times when we think we know all that we need to know. And the funny thing is, the longer we live, the more we realize we don't know anything at all. Nevertheless, just about the time we get over relearning the fact that we don't know anything at all, we bump into somebody and tell them, no, 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 you don't know anything I know. All right? And so that's, uh, Paul understands that give and take about having the blessing that he has of being a messenger for God, but the burden that he has of not being, too, uh, not being careful not to be too prideful that God chose him to give that message. You see? So I wouldn't become proud of myself. I was given a problem. What? This problem caused pain in my body. It is a messenger from Satan to make me suffer. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. So I'm very happy to brag about how weak I am. Then Christ's power can rest on me because of how I suffered for Christ. I'm glad that I'm weak. I'm glad in the hard times. I'm glad when people say mean things about me. I'm glad when things are difficult. I'm glad when people make me suffer. When I'm weak, I am strong. I can't tell you how many times I have read that verse, those verses, and I think, dude, you are weird. What? Let me, let me say that again. Uh, I'm glad in the hard times. Has anybody read Facebook lately? Anybody been on? Uh, Glenn, you, I, I love what you said this past week. I'm, you know what? I, I can't tell you how many times if I begin three words in and somebody's talking about what happened in the Senate, what the president should or shouldn't have done, how you hate him, how you like him, click, hide the post. I'm done. Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't want to be an ostrich and stick my head in the sand and think that the world's going to be just fine. I'm not that way. But after a while... As a guy who's been a lifeguard the majority of his life, I'm, I'm, I'm in water over my head. I'm done. And so when someone that I, that I read and someone that I, I respect and someone that has taught me so much, like Paul, when he says, I'm glad for the bad days. What? And it's like James. If you remember James chapter 1, uh, count it all joy. When the really bad days come, are you kidding me? But it's why he says that, not what he says, but why he says that, that makes all the difference to you and me. Because I'm telling you right now, this is a place where we want people to find and follow Jesus. And if you begin to follow Jesus, your bad days aren't going to go away. They're not. You're going to have really dark days. But you've got a resource 
of hope and peace and comfort, the likes of which you and I have no ability to measure the depth and the height and the length and the power of in God. That's why I call these things painful blessings. You got to get through them in order to see the joy on the other side. And it really is good. I don't say this because I'm an ignorant preacher whose life has always been easy. My family is no different than yours. There are some pretty ugly skeletons on my side, on Leslie's side, before me and after me. And that doesn't even begin to talk about me. There's been some really dark days that were the result of my own foolishness and sin. And there's been some really dark days that were a result of someone else's foolishness and sin. And when I focused on how I'd been injured, or to be honest, how I wanted to respond in kind to others who had injured me, you know what I found out? The darkness only got darker and the anger only got deeper and there was no joy anywhere to be found. But when I cried out to God, when I realized that God could help me not if I was proud, but if I was humble, God could help me not if I was strong, but when I told him how scared I was, how wounded I was, how weak I was, that's when God moved. Just a couple of things I want to share with you this morning so that you too can see God move. You too can feel him move. You too can find light in the darkness. First thing, no matter what, no matter what happens, talk to God. No matter what happens, talk to him. I don't care where you have to go. I don't care who, what appointment you have to cancel. I don't care if you don't have any more time off of work. Talk to God. Your Bible is full of verses of people who were overwhelmed, who were hurting, who had some of the darkest moments they will ever have. And I'm not talking about insignificant people that you may have never heard. And it's entirely possible that some of the people I'm going to just briefly mention to you, you might not have. But when I give you these names, I want you to know that these are the Mount Rushmore kind of people in Scripture that had some of the darkest days you and I can ever possibly imagine people like King David and people like Moses and people like Abraham. Some of their writings we have. God, where are you? I'm praying here and I'm not hearing anything. I've been asking for you to act. I've been waiting for you to act and I just see nothing. God, where? 
What in the world is going on? I want you to know, you can do that too. You're allowed to be that confused, that frustrated, that angry. Now, there are some limits. There are some things that you can't go to, but it's no different at times when our own kids have been frustrated. When they've, it's one thing when they yell at us. It's another thing when they just yell. It's one thing if they blame us. It's a whole other thing if they're asking why. Do you, do you see the difference? Sometimes that line can move a little bit, but most of the time it's not too difficult to discern. Tell him. If you're looking for a biblical example just off the top of your head, or if you want to write something down or put a note down on your phone, go, phone, go to Psalm 88 and listen to what the writer says. I cry out to you. You don't answer. I pray all the time. I don't hear from you. It's okay. Those uh, moments are recorded for you and I in Scripture so that we can approach God, so that we can talk to Him, so that we can say, God, I don't get it. God, I don't understand. God, I'm frustrated. I'm worried. I'm fearful, etc. All those things are normal. Talk to Him. Tell Him. Because He really is an incredibly patient and good Father. And sometimes, just like you and I know, as parents, we who have been there, we know sometimes it's not that our kids are mad at us. They just have to have a safe place to say it. And anytime you go to God, it's safe. Adrian Rogers, who's a well-known preacher and writer, says that man faces three problems. Sorrow, sin, and death. And you can sum up every problem you'll ever encounter in those three categories. And there's no one who walks this earth that doesn't experience some of every one of them. In experiencing them, as you and I follow Jesus, who also experienced them, we encounter something, and I hope you've had some coffee this morning, because I, I need to share this with you. And it corresponds directly with what Paul had talked about. It's that part of life when things happen, and we know that God's in control, but we just don't get why, if he is in control he allowed that to happen. One author calls it the dark side of grace. The dark side of grace. He says the dark side of grace is that sovereign God who is in control and sometimes uses the things he allows as much as he uses the things he directs. It's a perspective that we don't necessarily like to think of, but if God is sovereign, if he has absolute control, if, as the senator from Nebraska said, he is all-powerful and all-knowing, and he is, then he has the power to allow us to go through things 
not only for our greater good, but also for his glory. The dark side of grace uh, is like this. If God is truly omnipotent, he can prevent things from happening as well as he can cause things to happen. All things are laid at his feet. And this means that sometimes we don't understand what he's up to. He won't, uh, we won't always be able to comprehend why he doesn't answer the prayer or why he doesn't show up when we want him to. Sometimes it's just as simple as the same perspective as you and I watching as our children get their first shots. You remember that day? I remember when uh, uh, the twins came out. Kendall was going to get her first shots. She was literally an infant. The twins were getting some boosters, and the three of them are sitting right there. And the doctor says, okay, who's first? And Connor goes, I'll go. He had the sweetest little voice. I'll go. And he bump, 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 gets up on the tiny step, gets on the big step, jumps up on the the. Uh, the table there and he sits down and the doctor goes, are you ready? Yes, sir. Pulls out that syringe and Connor and, and Leslie said, look at me. And Connor looks over there and and Connor went. <laughs> he looked at the doctor and then he looked at us and he said, why did he do that? <laughs> it's the same question we have for God, isn't it? Why did he do that? Why did he do that? Connor had no idea whether it was good or wasn't. He just knew that it hurt. No matter what, talk to God. And when I say talk to God, I literally mean talk to him. And might I recommend that you talk to him first? You have no idea how many times I've gotten on Facebook and I've typed out some really stupid stuff. And my thumb is this close to the send button. And then I think, is this going to make any difference? Am I saying this to anyone who will make a difference or is this more like me standing in the middle of the white mountains reading this out at the loudest voice I can't to absolutely no one and then I think everything that I've just written down have I said any of this to God have I talked to him and oh by the way what are the chances that I will feel better talking to everyone and no one online God. No matter what happens, talk to God. Secondly, no matter what happens, listen to God. No matter what happens, listen to God because he's going he's gonna to say something. Sometimes it won't happen right away. In fact, most of the time it doesn't happen right away. But you're going to have a conversation with somebody. You're going to open up your Bible and you're going to read something. 
Somebody you don't even know is going to bump into you and they're going to say something and you're going to turn around either literally or inside your head and you're going to go, how did you know? How did you know that? How did you know that was what I needed to hear? God has a way, because we talked about that. Remember, we said this when we were talking about divine interruptions. God has a way to say to you and to me in at any day, through anyone, with any means, to get exactly what he needs communicated to you and to me. And the challenge has never been God's ability to say it. The, the challenge has always been our ability to hear it. That's the burden. No matter what happens, if he's got that power and he's got that ability, listen to him. Listen to him. We tend to think that God only speaks in a place like this. We tend to think that God only speaks in those wonderful spring meadows on a sweet day up on the top of the mountains when the sun is shining and the sky is blue. I've seen God in ER rooms with blood on the floor. I've heard God in family living rooms when there's nothing other than weeping going on. I've heard God while floating in the middle of the ocean. That's another story for another day. No matter what happens, listen to God. Billy Graham is quoted as saying this, everyone wants to live on the mountaintop, but the best fruit grows in the valley. No matter what happens, talk to God. No matter what happens, listen to God. And no matter what happens, trust God. Trust him. Trust him. There are some people that you know, I, I can probably wager a very safe bet right now that there's, no matter who is sitting here this morning, there are at least three to five people you can really, really, really rely on. The first one is God. There's no promise he hasn't kept. There's no word he doesn't turn his back on. You can trust him. Hudson Taylor in the 19th century was a missionary to China. And his story, if you ever want to read an amazing story, read the story of Hudson Taylor. He said this, all God's giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on God being with them. All God's giants, you know, the guys who were afraid that I talked about before, the guys who didn't understand why things were happening, the guys who 
didn't understand why things were happening, but nevertheless kept going forward because they trusted God. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. No matter what happens, trust him. Romans chapter 8 says this, and I know that. Just listen. Just close your eyes and listen to this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. Here's another way to hear it. I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. No matter what happens, talk to God. No matter what happens, listen to God. No matter what happens, trust God. One of my favorite musicals for all time is the well-known Les Mis. There's a song called I Dreamed a Dream. And some of the lyrics Say this, I dreamed a dream in time gone by when hope was high and life worth living. I dreamed that love would never die. I dreamed that God would be forgiving. But tigers come at night with their voices soft as thunder as they tear your hope apart, as they turn your dream to shame. I had a dream my life would be so different from this hell I'm living. So different now from what it seemed. Now life has killed the dream I dreamed. I've been there when dreams and hopes have died. I've been there when moms cry. And dads don't come home. I've been there and watched when children breathe no more. I've sat in the office when men who have been married for a long time finally disclosed that they've had affairs for for decades. I've been there Stood one time watching a six-year-old child as dad walked out the door because he had to go find himself. And the six-year-old just screams, Daddy, don't. I've dreamed a dream and I've seen the tragedy and death of dreams. But I know another song. When peace like a river goes my way. 
and sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, God has taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Contrary to the senator's injunction, I want God to divinely interrupt because sometimes I can't see what really is going on. I want God to change people's lives because sometimes we don't have the strength to do it on our own. I want God to bring about impossible outcomes because we need him to do what only he can because we think it can't be done and he can make it happen. I want God to bless me even if it's through difficult times because his blessings are always better than anything I have ever dreamed. There's no darkness his light can't overcome. There's no depth he can't get to. And at the death of my dreams is when the power of God shines. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for giving us hope when we think it's all but gone. Thank you for blessing us when we don't think we're blessable. Thank you for hearing us even when we think that you can't. Thank you for speaking to us when sometimes what everybody else is saying just doesn't seem to make a difference. Thank you for holding us through dark nights and painful afternoons, memories that we really don't want to have. But we're glad that we do because on the other side of that memory is when you stepped in, when you blessed, when you showed your power. And it truly is right when Paul says it's in our weakness that your strength shows up. God, we love you. And we know there are times that we can't see things that are coming, but you know every day you are there in the day that's past, there in the day that's present, and there in the day to come in every single one of them. So God, help us to lean on you. Help us to trust in you, even when we can't see what tomorrow holds. Thank you so much for loving us the way that you do for helping us the way that you do. God, there's absolutely no one like you ever. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.